Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast, your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As always, I'm your host, Brodinky, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Schmidt. Schmitty, what's up this week, kid? Not a whole lot, man. How are you doing? Same old, same old. You know, I'm kind of like a kid in the middle of summer. I'm feeling out like how much time I got left till I got to go back to the grind type of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but all the, is clock, well. the clock is ticking, huh? Yeah. It, you know, it's been a nice week. My my wife's been on uh, winter break. So we had the whole family home, no daycare, nice. no nothing. So we've been doing a lot of stuff, you know, museums and everything and just, just hanging the, out all- with the family. Yeah, all the stuff that you want to do like during normal times, but there's just never enough time to do it. Yeah, you're passing the kids back and forth between shifts and sleeping, yeah. and that's basically what it is. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we got a good show planned for today. Episode 70, big 7-0, almost to the three-quarter century mark. It's exciting. Oh gosh. Crazy to think about, right? Almost. Yeah. We'll, we'll be, before you know it, coming up on 100 episodes, I'll be... Insane. I know. I, I I was thinking about this the other day with my wife, and she's like, "You've done." I mean, I I can't say. I think I've missed what two or three episodes. Yeah. So, I maybe like it's sixty seven episodes or something like that. But I never in my life have I ever been so consistent about one certain thing, and it's been amazing to just do it and 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 see it through. So it's been fun. Yeah, it's been well, amazing. It, it's something. It's a little. Strange. It's almost like how, when you have a gym partner, you go to the gym more often. Like if you if it was yeah. just on you, you'd be like, ah, uh, you know, I could skip it this week. But you almost have like a little bit more of incentive to do it when you're doing it with someone else. And you have people who are listening and tuning in to and expect that episode to be coming out type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. So, yeah. But uh, cool news with regard to last episode, we got word tonight that we will be having two of those resin sagos shipped our way so that's awesome hype for that big shout yes. out to the homie adam for hooking it up our buddy down under yeah so down uh, under sending yeah. us some resi seikos he helped us out got us a, a real nice price and is going to ship them over here so that's great thanks again adam oh, you're you're a real one adam Psst. he real was all one. over it man i was that was quick I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, just shout out to him. But like, when you when you meet a guy who's down and you've never actually met him in the like in real life, like that's just amazing. I'm like, hey, yeah. I need a favor. It's I crazy. don't really know you, but I'm gonna buy these watches for you. You send me money, and I'll ship them halfway around the world. Done. Yeah. Okay, that guy's a real one. So shout out to you, buddy. Yeah. Aside from that, housekeeping. Uh, yeah, Hodek, you selling merch. So, are you down for this $80 hat? All right. Let's remember for a moment that bro had hats before ho. All right. Yeah, that's true. I got one on the dome right now. Just saying. That's something I want to point out. And I don't think it was $80. No, certainly not. I was selling them at cost. I just wanted people to have them. (laughs) I know. I know. uh, Yeah, it's interesting. It's, I don't know what it just shows you where things are going. It's like uh, the the hype wear street wear. Yeah, but it's just it's just, just a different. Just, I don't know. I just for me, it's just so out of touch. It's so out of touch. Like you could have done a merch hat, but like, does it have to be a hundred dollars? Like it, it just. Yeah, whatever. I just. Danny, <laughs> get your dang, shit together. Dang it, Danny! God dang it, Danny! 
All right. Uh, we can go on to the new stuff real quick because this is going to be our watches and wonders episode. And uh, we'll get into a little more of the rationale of that in a moment. But let's hit real quick. I'm going to go with Airane because we talked about them recently. We talked about their Type 20. So not only do they now have it in a steel in that sort of classic black dial Type 20 that you're familiar with, maybe from Breguet or somebody, but now they have a gray limited edition. Neither you nor I know how to pronounce this. It looks like Furtevit. Yeah, it's a French company. I'm, I'm hoping it's French. It might not even be, but who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with that and say that that's what it is. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a limited edition, 2,900 euro. And it's DLC gray. Yeah. It's very stealthy looking. Comes on a leather strap. And it's basically just grayed out. It's got a somewhat creamy loom going on. Yeah. But same a idea. Creamy loom. A creamy Type loom. 20. <laughs> but, it, but if you don't remember about this watch, the specs on it are really quite nuts. Insane. <laughs> 39.5 by 10.8 thick. Now, keep in mind, this is a manual wind. Column wheel, flyback, chronograph. With 63 hours of power reserve. Correct. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. I want like, one really bad, but there's like, no if, way if I'm going to sneak like, past the wife. Yeah. Im- imagine somebody like an IWC could deliver a pilot chrono like that. Yeah. With a flyback. Right. I mean, we're, we're not talking Blanc Pond here. No. Right, it, it's it's insane. Like somebody out there that's listening, go go buy this watch. Even if you get the standard version, just go buy it. It's just too cool not to own it. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool intriguing, intriguing to say the least. But really cool watch overall. We touched on it plenty recently in a few episodes, and uh, yeah, I I don't know how they fit all that into that package, but you know, down to find out. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see one for sure. Next up, Longine, uh, a watch you are not entirely fond of. They le- released uh, what is called the Pilot. I'm going to say Mag- Magetic. Anyway, it, it was a, a, originally a watch that was made for Czech pilots mm-hmm. in like the 1930s, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's 1930s. Yeah. So I guess the original was 40 mils. This one's 43 by 13.25. Uh, yeah. It's a steel watch. It's got, what would you call that? Like a ribbed bezel? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a fluted bezel. It's just not a fluted uh, bezel in the way that we would associate, right. like yeah. typically with like a, like a Jubilee or something like that. Um, but it's, it's designed to, to rotate. So this does have an internal rotating uh, triangular marker that floats over yeah, top of the that. dial. And it allows you to set like a flight time, right? The starting a flight or, or when you re- need to refuel or whatever it might be, you can make calculations using using your fixed starting point of whatever time reference you're using. Um, I like the idea of this watch, but I'm just not sold on the execution um, personally, uh, especially because, you know, this is one of those watches that, you know, Longines always does heritage pieces so well. Yeah. But for me, this is just kind of a weird departure from that. Um, just because of the size specs. I mean, the original was 40, as you mentioned, and this one we're getting a, a, a 43 millimeter. It just, it looks like a bulky watch and I'm sure that, you know, the original would have been very similar to that design, 
but it just it looks it looks a little bit too bulky for me personally. It does have a little Longines uh snuck around with Panerai vibe to it. Yeah, that's that I didn't want to say it, but it's totally what it is. Like if you don't want to go out and buy a Panerai, but you're okay with a thirty eight hundred dollar Longines, like this is this is your jam. I would go get this thing. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. It's definitely novel. I mean, it's something you're not gonna get many places. Yeah. I think some people probably like this design. I I, I don't know where I fall on it. I think it's I'm kind of in between, to be honest. Like I but. said, I don't hate it. It's just not something that I'm like, oh my God, this is the watch that I need to spend thirty eight hundred dollars on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're a collector and you want something esoteric, you want something weird, you want something off the cuff that when you show up to a meetup, people are not gonna have seen it in person otherwise in maybe a blog post, right? This is a watch for that. This watch will sell to somebody. There's no question about it, right? But I just, for me, this is a watch that is not going to satiate the average watch collecting person. And I don't think that, that was the intention either. Because um, again, it's not a bad watch. It's not a bad looking watch. It's just a watch that for me feels a little bit out of place. I get that, but I, I think you're right. I think Longine does kind of provide that for a lot of people, sort of this obscure type of stuff. Like, for example, the the big eye, awesome watch. Yeah. You're not gonna totally. see a lot of them around, but I know people who have them and yeah, like them and they're cool. And if you see one in person, definitely check it out. It's a very, very cool watch. But they give you these sort of heritage pieces and the ability to own them easily. So I, I got to give them kudos for that. I really do like yeah. that. And even if maybe they're making stuff that isn't maybe my jam, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like I said, I can totally respect it. I have no problems against this watch. It's just not a watch for me. I would run out and gravitate towards. But, you know, if you're somebody that is in the aviation history, you're a pilot yourself, you you like old, old world things. This is a watch that certainly feels very old world. And... Obviously, it's made new. It's got new materials, new construction. It's a new movement. Um, it's a a really great built watch. So go check it out if you like it. Just not my jam. Yeah. All right. Zinn dropped a bunch of stuff, and I will preface this by saying somehow, some way, in the same exact fashion as last year, where I woke up at 3 in the morning and saw the black U50 with the blue dial that I currently own <laughs> i literally woke up at 4 a.m checked my phone saw you have an email from watch buys here are the new zins and i was like wow this really just happened again i didn't buy one <laughs> but this year they're giving us what's called the t50 yeah it's a titanium diver similar not exact specs to the u50 but similar in, uh, in case dimensions and everything you're still going to get the uh 500 meters water resistance and all the fun submarine materials and all that. But um, mm -hmm. so this is titanium. They dropped a few different ones. So you're going to get one that's all titanium, very sterile looking black dial, uh, one with a bronze gold bezel and then a complete bronze gold case. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some of them are limited. Some of them are not with regard to that. So the regular T50, not limited. It's going to come in around 38 40 i think it said uh the gbdr which is the gold bronze bezel 4670 and then the all gold bronze 5760 
which is a 300 piece le now i like the idea of this watch a couple gripes i have for one when i think zin diver i think what everybody refers to as the lego hands very yeah. blocky very like tetris looking yeah to me that's zin i mean i know you want to branch out maybe you have these hands for for other models we've seen them on you know shake things up a little bit i get it but to me zin diver is all about that i also they always give me some red text usually when you have a a straight up model like just a straight up all titanium yeah all steel they give you some red text no red here yeah Not, kind of a bummer uh so yeah, I, it's a it's a little bit too monochromatic it almost looks yes, like right yes yes very sterile very like yeah. the uh like the 556 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I yeah, like them much better with the, when the well when I have like when they have like the the red second hand, I like them a lot better. When they're all yeah. just black and white, they, they get a little a little plain. You know, you get a spice bump with a NATO or something. Yeah, I mean uh, that's true. And especially when you look at like the 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 all titanium version, you got titanium bezel, no insert, right? Titanium case, titanium bracelet, even the rubber strap is like a matte light gray. You yes. know what I mean? So it's just very it's very tone on tone, it's very monochromatic. Which some people really love, and if you're buying this as like a military aesthetic watch, totally get it. Um, it's very, very stealthy in that in that in that regard. But I I agree. I feel like something's a little bit missing, and I and I think that that's a pop of color. And for me, I could do without the red because red is such a hard color to wear constantly. But give me an orange or give me uh, electric green, some, something different. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is still zen, but not zen. Yeah, I get that. Now, I I do want to check these out because I have, you know, the U50. It's great, great, great size, great weight. But to feel that in titanium, I think would be really interesting. Yeah. I want to check that out for sure. Now, we were talking before because obviously you being a big Omega head, they are known for their bronze gold alloy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This one... People see it, they see the price tag is under six thousand dollars, and they say, Whoa, 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 why is the Omega up over 10? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I was doing some research because when I saw this, I mean, and technically, technically, Zen calls theirs gold bronze, which doesn't quite have the same ring to it, I think, as, as bronze gold, but you know, that's just me being uh biased. <laughs> but it's a, it's a new alloy, uh, that that Zen is is has created essentially. And basically what it is, it's mixing traditional marine grade bronze uh, with a small concentration of gold. In this case, it's 12.5% uh, AU750, uh, which equates out to, to basically three carats gold. So that's why you'll notice when you look at the color tone of this particular watch, it's more of like a, like a rosy color, almost like a skin. It's a warm gold. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's warm, right? It it has obviously the 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 bronze undertones to it, but it's not too yellow where it, you know, cuz sometimes bronze when it's brand new it looks like yellow gold. Uh or old gold, right? It doesn't look like that. It looks more of like a kind of a red gold look to it. Um but it certainly is a a unique material. Now, nobody's confirmed this on any of the research that I've done, but essentially the idea was for Omega at least to create bronze gold was one to to create a, a bronze alloy that was chemically stable uh, because as you guys know one of the big attractive things with bronze the patination process you get the unique look but the problem with that is as the bronze patina is technically the patination that develops and oxidizes onto the out, outward surface is not really safe to wear in direct contact with your skin 
it's actually toxic. Uh, and so Omega decided to to create this bronze gold alloy to be completely hypoallergenic while still giving you the bronze look of a timepiece and, and feel, right? Especially because, you know, classical diving instruments, things like that were so closely associated with that material uh, during the, the golden era of diving. Now, I don't know if this is the same for, for the gold bronze here. I would imagine that it's going to have some more hypoallergenic properties just given the fact that now you've you, you've included a precious material like gold into the mixture, um, I'm sure it's also going to make it a little bit more chemically stable. But I don't know. So um, the the biggest difference too between this particular alloy of of gold bronze versus the Omega bronze gold uh, is certainly the concentration. So this is 12.5 percent gold, whereas Omega uses 37.5 percent gold. So it's nine carat versus three carat. And uh, bronze gold is alloyed with palladium. Um, and that is a really big key stabilization metal to to keep it safe from oxidizing as drastically. Uh, but it's very cool to see uh, a micro brand like Zinn, a truly independent company, do something that's very innovative, especially given their history making other you know materials, tegumented steel, titanium, you know, all these very cool materials that they do. It's nice to see them make a, a, a unique new material. Yeah, for sure. And just a couple other differences. I don't know if you caught this, but the T50 bezel is a little different from the U50. It has sort of more of a heavy, thicker scalloping on it. And then the second hands, so on the T50 and the T50 with just the gold bronze bezel, mm -hmm. it has a gray second hand. On the all bronze gold, it has sort of a bronzy yeah. gold second hand. Yeah, and I didn't notice that. For this style... Instead of just having the straight up black sort of neutral Zen dial, they have a sort of scratched up distress dial. It's a technique called Deckerschliff, which means decoratively cut. <laughs> and so they used it on so this. Aggressive. Yeah, they used it on this and then they used it on a model of the U50, which is also a limited edition as well. Um, it's the U50 TDS, basically DS for Deckerschliff. It's just a very monochromatic gray U50 with a grayish, blackish Decker Schliff dial. All right. Uh, yep. And then one other U50, they did a an all black with a mother of pearl dial. So that's kind of a, a way out there, esoteric, off the map type of thing for them. But yeah, you know, I've seen them mess with mother of pearl before, but it's it doesn't really, I guess, mother of pearl and getting into precious metals is really two things that are, are very non-zin but yeah, yeah i mean you know, yeah broadening your horizons i guess absolutely and then i guess last but not least in the new department i know it was something fun you just kind of sent me but uh g-shock made a wu-tang <laughs> watch i mean <laughs> yes, it, which is did. funny because we, we were talking about i was talking about wu-tang with zakir a couple episodes ago that's that's just why i bring it up but they made a wu-tang watch and i think is this the same model as the john mayer the same base uh, model is it the is it the one with the three circles on the top yeah 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 so they have a john mayer and a wu-tang in the same model it's just funny it's for the 30 30 so wu-tang turned 30 basically yeah and it has a gold case back and it's got the wu logo on it and it's in black and yellow because if, any, if anybody knows anything about wu-tang they're known as the killer bees bees are black and yellow yeah so there's some fun callbacks. It's it's just a funny little, yeah, 
thing to note. It's it's an interesting watch for sure. Totally not my my thing, but I know you know if you if you love the the golden age of hip hop, the eighties and nineties, like this is totally, you know, this is totally right up your alley. Yeah. And I love the I love the inside of the bezel. Cash <laughs> rules everything around me. I'm like, Cream. oh wow, get that money. Dollar, yeah, dollar that's bill. right. Anyways, uh, yeah, just a fun little release, and um, you know, it's it's G Shock is actually pretty big in the sort of streetwear hip hop. Oh, for sure. Eminem is a huge G Shock guy, if I remember. Yes, he is. So. Like he's worn several like gold resin G Shocks on interviews and stuff. I'm like, really, bro? You couldn't have you couldn't have worn a a different model. You, you just no. You're well, one go one interview cool. he talks about how he's like. I got famous. I started making a lot of money and I yeah. can't remember who it was. It was his manager, whoever. And he's like, I think I it was af- his accountant. He's, he's like, like, can, can I, I afford a Rolex? Yeah. He's like, can I afford this? <laughs> you know, it's humble that's, beginnings. That's when that's you know. Yeah. That's when you know you're straight humble from the yeah. streets. Like, cause you're like, I don't even know what this costs because I've never been able to look at one before. Right. Pretty gangster story. Amazing rapper yeah. too. Yeah. I just, yeah. Amazing. But yeah. Go buy a Wu-Tang Clan watch. If, uh, you into that yep all right main topic today we're gonna be talking watches and wonders i know it's a few weeks away still but the driving force behind this is that a this year we had ap dump the mother load already last year <laughs> omega jumped the gun on us right we yep. have a few people who've already been putting out new models i would rather get this one out into the ether and uh just have it out there even if it's a week or two early Rather than have it on the docket and then people start dumping stuff and then we're like, no, nah, you know, we don't get our predictions episode out. You know, you don't get to have fun and kind of yeah. think about what could be. So I know you and I both have probably some of the bigger hitters lined up. Um, we'll just go through them. I mean, it's pretty standard, but uh, we'll probably hit on uh, most of the hits here. So I think we, we always lead it off with Tudor. Tudor is always an interesting one because. If you've listened to our podcast, you know kind of our stance is that we both want them to be sort of better than they are. And that's not saying they're bad. They're not bad at all. I I fawn over the original Pelagos I owned. it. Their, their watches are great. I've owned plenty of them. But there's always sort of a, an inkling, and it's not just us. Plenty of people talk to me about it all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. An inkling that, you know, Bigger Brother's kind of holding them back. Yeah, they right? need to be unlocked. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I mean, it, it's don't get me wrong. It's marketing genius. Like they're using multiple levels of demand there between the two brands and they're doing it successfully. You know, all their watches sell mostly a trader, but but, uh, you know, the, <laughs> all the popular ones, the black base and everything, they all move. So they've created a demand and it's working really well. But I think for us, we would like to see Tudor sort of go out on their own and just be a force to be reckoned with, right? Where, where they had in the nineties, they had a Rolex sub and a Tudor sub at the same time. Yeah. Right. Why not? And it obviously was able to work. Yeah. And now look, they're both in super high demand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, I know you and I had kind of different ways we went about this one because I always like to think about either stuff I really want to see or stuff that, might be crazy to see and then sometimes you bring it back and you were like well what if they do it this way so i'll throw some at you real quick um yeah i think the one i always have been seeing and it's, it's been since last year has been a polar black bay pro 
could it happen. Yeah, I could see it. Would it make I, sense? Yeah. Yeah. Do we get what we want from them a lot? No. No. So no. I'm gonna lean away from that one as much as I think that would be a very cool release. Yeah. No, it certainly would be a cool release. Absolutely. I think. I think. I mean, I've seen renderings of people doing this already. Like it's been as of last year when the when the black one came out. So it certainly would be very cool for them to do a white one. But I'm wondering if that's too on the nose. Right. Now, what we have noticed in the past is that things that we want or things that we have predicted, not just us, we, the, the, the fam, the community. Yeah. We often get sort of backdoored in Rolex, uh, in Tudor. Sorry. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is maybe we finally get maybe a Coke GMT. But it'll okay. be a Black Bay GMT. And or maybe we just get a straight up black Black Bay GMT. So you know, sort of, I, in the that idea would be of, cool. Yeah, in the idea of the GMT master, you know. Um, or maybe it'll, maybe they'll throw it as a, a stealing gold. They love to do the stealing goals, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's been a two-tone GMT master before, so not completely out of the realm of well, and, and they had the SNG rupier, right? right. The, the Black Bay SNG rupier. Right. So I think that uh, lines up. Yeah, I, I I just think, you know, overarchingly, we were talking about this offline. I think overarchingly for me this year, uh, I think it's going to be a very lackluster showing from Tudor. Um, and the reason for this is what I've been what I've been noticing over the years is Rolex will have a very big year and Tudor will release a very few novelties or, or really a few things that are of note. And then the next year, Tudor will have a big year and then Rolex kind of, you know, they hold themselves back. And I think last year was certainly indicative of that. You know, we had our watches and blunders episode, yeah. uh, which is still to date one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. And, you know, they came out with the left-handed GMT and everyone was like, this is, this is a joke, right? Like we're, we're being punked, right? Like this is just a bad rendering that got leaked too early. Right. We got crown no, guards <laughs> on the air kick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was just like very, just like, okay, Everyone was like expecting more. There was expecting a big wow factor, but we didn't get that. So I'm wondering if because Rolex held them back a little bit, that this year is going to be a big showing for the crown, which we'll discuss a little bit later. But for me, that is pretty indicative that Tudor's probably going to have a, a pretty lackluster year, especially given what we've received over the last two years, right? We got the FXT. We got the Pelagos 39. We got the Black Bay Pro. Um, we had the the master chronometer Black Bay. You know they, they've come out with a lot of great pieces. The Ranger came out last year. Yeah. They've come out with a lot of great pieces that I think that they're still struggling to deliver in mass market. Um, and so you know why add on more strife for the consumer and distraction for them when it comes to purchasing these watches by going and offering a bunch of new references when they can't even get the ones that they already have um, released last year. So. I think, if anything, my predictions are going to be pretty simple. Maybe we'll see some additions to to different lineups, like you know, maybe the 1926 gets a few new models here and there. Maybe the Tudor Royal will get some some stuff. Uh, there might be one or two kind of cool pieces that get sprinkled in. I think the Black Bay GMT all black bezel sounds great. That would be a very logical watch, and I think that that's something that people would enjoy yeah. to have. Uh, especially because again, it's hard to wear blue and red everywhere you go. You know, it looks cool, yeah, but Rupert, is it always Rupert, is it always Rupert, cool? Even more so. Exactly right. So having a very neutral monochromatic look that might be exactly what people need. Um, 
but I think it's going to be pretty lackluster this year for for Tudor, and and I don't really know of anything that the market has really been pining for that they haven't received already recently. Yeah, that's why I I tried to focus some of these on. I don't want to say just interchanging parts of stuff that they already had, mm-hmm. but like I could maybe you know maybe we get like a Kermit aesthetic Black Bay fifty eight because they already have the green bezel. Yeah. Right. From the all well, I hope I hope gold. it's not that green. That that green is horrible. <laughs> it's literally like pea soup green. It's terrible. And then uh, you know, I think everybody's clamoring or has at least hoped for a North Flag reboot at some point. I just don't think it'll ever happen again. It's an interesting watch, and I think if I know it is, they just shifted it around a little bit. It could be really, really cool. I, I, I agree with you. I know it's a cool watch, but I think that that tutor is indicative of an era where Tudor was very much its own entity outside of Rolex's shadow yeah. and really trying to distance itself from the crown as much as possible. As we've talked about, you know, through changes of leadership in, in Switzerland and things like that, you know, Tudor has become Rolex light. Whatever Rolex cannot produce or is in demand from the market, they will use Tudor as a testing field to release that in their collection, right? You know, we got a root beer, you know, GMT master. Okay, cool. Let's give the Tudor ones, uh, the Tudor clients one as well. We did the same thing with the Pepsi. You know, we didn't do a, a crazy update to, to you know, the, uh, the, the GMT, right? The Explorer 2. And people have been asking for a big orange triangle hand Explorer 2 vintage model for years. And then all of a sudden, here you go, Black Bay Pro, right? So it's like whatever people want to see really happen, it kind of gets tested out in, in Tudor before it maybe ends up in the in the Rolex collection. Or it's a way to help satiate the clients is like just do it in Tudor and we'll, we'll be done with it. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's tricky. Yeah, that aside, I don't know, Blue Pelly 39. Or maybe if they really want to get cute, maybe a burgundy bezel, something like that, right? Because that was in the original black base. It was, was burgundy. Yeah. So it was. maybe logical jumps there. I don't know. I like to get a little saucy with my tutor because they they have their playbook is wide open. They don't have to follow a script. I mean, they follow the Rolex sort of. But that's my point. Is that legacy of tutor what we all fell in love with in 2012 when it got relaunched in the U.S.? I think that legacy is really done. I really do. I think it's going to be very much the conservative. Like we will do whatever Rolex tells us to do and whatever they don't want to do, we will do because it gives us the ability to do it. But I don't think we're going to ever see anything that's too truly outlandish. I don't think we're going to get another advisor. I don't think we're ever going to get a Monte Carlo. I don't think we're ever going to get a home plate. Like like those cool designs, I don't think Tudor is going to do. I would love for them to 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 scrap the Black Bay Chrono or the Baytona, as I call it, and do a big block. Like, let's do a Tudor big block again. Like, why not? What's stopping us? Yep. You know, but they just won't do it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I that that legacy of Tudor is, is there's something going on, but I just don't think we're gonna get a lot from this from them this year. And and uh, no, 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 I could be completely wrong. Everything I say could be completely wrong, but. I feel like Rolex is really going to bring the fire this year in some capacity. It is a big year, which we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on, but uh, we'll see. All right. Going from them, as I forementioned, a brand that sort of dumped early last year, they're not on the list this year. And rumor has it they might be doing their own thing, perhaps a little later, 
right? Omega, I don't really know where to place them this year. I mean, I know we've already got the new Speedy Racing. We know that they're just now getting those really neat Aquaterras in that were sort of the multicolors. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they're still delivering on that stuff. The, obviously, the Moon Swatch, even though it was a collaboration, was a huge to-do last year. I don't think they could top perhaps that. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna carpet bomb watches and wonders again this year. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that was a one trick pony move, and I, I don't think you can keep doing it. No, definitely not. But um, so what do you think? Do you think they'll expand on the speedy racing line? I think it's too early to tell. Um, with that one, I think, you know, given what I know about Omega over the years, they'll do one kind of capsule. It introduces a technology or or some type of new thing. And then from there, they'll slowly start rolling it out into the rest of the collection. And I would be honest, um, you know, according to what I saw in a in a article, or I should say a, a video recording between Revolution and present CEO Reynald Ashleman of Omega, it took 10 years for this spy rate technology to come out. Okay. So at the moment that Omega Yarr. launched, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> I was listening to somebody on YouTube and they keep calling it Spirate. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like that just it's not. It's just it's just spirate. Like, don't sound like a clown. Anyway, uh the moment that Omega introduced anti-magnetic technology in 2013 with the Bumblebee, the 15,000 Gauss Aquaterra, that was the same year that they started the development on Spirate. Like, think about that. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that's insane. It's it's insane. Like, how can you think that far in advance for a project like this? So I think whatever we might get this year probably won't have Spyrate in it because it's already been in development for several years prior to that. Um, because they got to make sure the technology is viable and that it works, right? If it's a complete and utter failure, which I don't think it would be, but it, let's say if it was, then if you rolled it out in every single collection, you had to roll it back, right? Yep. So by by leaving it out, you know, keeping it in that way in a in a kind of concise format for a few models and, and years, and then you start, start scaling it. I think that's next. But I don't think we'll see anything really with Spyrate um, the rest of this year. I could be wrong, but what I do hope that we do get, and again, I don't really know what Omega is going to do because you know, rumor is they're not going to do a big show uh, before uh, before uh, Watches and Wonders. Um, but I really do hope that we get a new dark side this year. It is an anniversary for the dark side. It's 10 years. Um, I thought, I think a lot of us thought that the new, when the spirate technology was going to be announced, it was yeah. going to be a new dark side. Um, I'm hoping that we get something new this year, especially given that it's 10 years and it's one of the only holdouts in the current Omega lineup that is not anti-magnetic and it's not a master chronometer certified, which is pretty crazy. Sure is. And those watches have seen a, a crazy resurgence in the last several years that they're basically impossible to find at retailers. Like they sell so fast. So I think it's uh the market's primed and I and I think people are ready for a new new generation. About like a like a, a red side or something, or uh you know, they that have this whole sick, new right? they have this whole new, you know, now that Mars exploration is a thing, they have this whole extra heavenly body to work with so why not just lean into it and now you can make everything in a shade of red which is like a color that's really hard to have an excuse to go into in watches mm-hmm. so why the hell not 
<laughs> well, it's funny. I was talking with a I was talking with a collector, and he's like, "This would be my pitch to Omega." So Omega, if you're listening, this would this would be I guess my pitch through him vicariously. He's like, you know, the Moonswatch was such a major success. What I would really love Omega to do is take one of the Moonswatches that they created and create an actual Speedmaster professional version of it. Might as well do the blue, right? That's like the rarest one. Could you imagine like doing a 42 millimeter Speedmaster blue side of the moon Neptune like in ceramic? Like that would be amazing. That would be like Smurf level, you know, like attainability. (laughs) Yeah, but again, like why not? Right, you do one of those watches a year, like you do, you know, one run of them a year. I think people would go nuts. And I was like, you know, I didn't even think about that, but that's probably true. You don't think they, you don't think Omega could make a red ceramic Speedmaster? Like, I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah, at this point, it, it, they could do anything. So, I thought that that was a pretty novel idea, and I would. So I was like, you know, if I ever had a chance to share it, I'm going to share it. So this is me sharing it. <laughs> I mean, why not put it out into the universe? <laughs> hey, man, put put good vibes. You might get good that's vibes it. back. But yeah, I was like, you know, that's that's actually a really amazing idea is to is to take one of the additions of the moon swatch, scale it to a normal Speedmaster, and riff it into into a, a new collection. You know, and you do maybe one or two of them a year, and just randomize. It doesn't matter. They come out when they come out, and then it just boom, collector's piece, hypeware. Yeah, it gives you something else sick. other than Snoopy models to chase after exactly exactly you know other than snoopy and 321s like right jesus poor omega sales people all right let's go with one that you surprised me because you had a good take on i have them on my list but it was sort of just a question mark let's go with iwc yeah IWC. so i think iwc one i got to give a lot of credit where credit's due there's a there's a good listener that that listens every single week, so this will kind of be a shout out to him. He knows who he is, but big IWC guy, and um, I think IWC is a little bit right now played out on the pilot game. Yes, um, they've been doing such a good job with the pilots, whether it's the you know the ceramic colored Pantone series or you know the the uh, AMG Patronus team editions. So like, good. They, you know, 41 millimeter pilot, you know, or, or, you know, big pilot, like they've done a lot of stuff. Even if you take that even further, they did the rubber straps, the the quick change rubber straps for their pilot models and a lot of their, their pieces to make them more universal. Because I think that that was one of the biggest challenges with the pilot watch. One is always the size. And two, it's like, oh, I can only wear this on a leather strap. So I can't take it in the water. I can't, you know, whatever. So let's make it more of a lifestyle piece. Let's give it rubber strap options. Let's make quick change bracelets. Let's give it more character to make it usable. But right now, I think that you're starting to see the collector community waning a little bit about the pilots because you can only collect so many of them. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like a Speedmaster. You can only collect so many of them before you're just like, I'm speedied out. Um, so I think the next evolution for IWC is really to look at some of the other collections in their catalog and and really give those some life so there's two that i would love to see come back and i'm hoping that one of them will this year um there's the aqua timer collection which is like their dive watch yep it hasn't been touched in years no it's been a while it's been a very long time and iwc used to create some amazing amazing dive watches in the aqua timer collection uh so i would really love to see them share some love 
in that in that space and really give those watches a new a new breath of fresh air and life because I think that they can do it. Uh, but I think the one that probably makes the most sense, just given the market trend over the last couple of years, is to relaunch the 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 engineer. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people have been asking for it. I've seen it in the comments over the last several years, like bring it back, bring it back, bring the it back. The old ingenuer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so so they've had an ingenuer, but it was like they had like a vintage inspired one. Yes. But I'm talking about the the previous version to that, right? They they did a lot with with. Uh, with uh with Mercedes on the racing team, they use that watch a lot. Um, but it was basically like the Genta esque design, yeah. integrated bracelet case, chunky angular watch. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we've seen so many watches from different brands come out with this design. I think it makes sense. It might be a little bit too late on the trend, but it is so quintessentially IWC that I don't think a lot of people will care. And I would be very happy and pleasantly surprised if IWC does come out with something that's this amazing because people have been asking about it for a long time. Yeah, and if you're an IWC fanboy, like you said, you can only collect so many pilot renditions. It's, it's like panoramas. Like, how do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, how yes. do you open your box every day and look at them like, you're different. You're special. You're kind of special. Tobacco dial or black dial? <laughs> oh, God. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. My my only thing I wonder is if it's too late if the buzz is cooled off for them to still lean into the the Top Gun hype, right? You'd think they would have done more with the popularity of that movie. Well, what's interesting is I think a lot of it kind of shot themselves in the foot because of the delays of the film. It got delayed twice yeah. due to COVID and everything. Yeah. But what's also interesting is a lot of the actors were contractually obligated to wear IWCs because of the partnership and the association for the filming of the of the movie. But what's funny is if you go back to all of the uh, the global press launches of that film internationally, all of the actors are wearing Omegas. Really? Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so I just got to the point where I think you know there was no contractual obligations anymore, and they're just like, I was just gonna wear whatever I want to wear, and yeah. So I don't think there was any way to kind of keep squeezing blood out of the stone, if you will. Yeah, I just mean, you saw what it did for the Orfina again, right? For sure. Orfina prices are way up. You would think that. And they had to relaunch it because they're like, oh. (laughs) So you would think that IWC would have capitalized on that with some sort of Top Gun edition. I don't know. But it, it just made sense to me. But again, I just I think that there's only so many Top Guns, Miramars, you know, Mojave Deserts that you can really do before everything's kind of the same, yeah. you know. And you had two other great collections that that have existed in your catalog for decades and decades and decades that are really just fading away into the ether. So bring them back, do something cool with them because I think the I think the market is ready for it. Yeah, agreed there. Uh, let's go to Grand Seiko. I know you and I both had that. Uh, I don't think we're going to see much that's too crazy out of them in regards to regular models because yeah. they drop stuff all the time. They're always putting the out time. new season stuff. They're always putting out sort of different texture and color dials in the same cases. I think maybe you see an expansion on the Evolution 9 case. I know it's relatively new you're probably going to see some crazy stuff like the Kodo is, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. 
but I know you have your own sort of two cents on it as well. No, I mean, I, I think you and I are thinking in the same vein uh, with this. I think, I think last year was really a test market for Grand Seiko to see if they could really launch something like their constant force tourbillon and see how the market would, would respond to it. And I think the coverage, I remember when I refreshed my news feed and I pop, I saw that pop up. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's like what Jaeger made a new tour. I'm like, wait, that's not <laughs> Jaeger. That's Grand Seiko, right? Like, which is crazy. It, it's just, it's that level. It's that class, you know, it's just that, 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 uh, that version. It just looks like that thing. So for me, I think that that was really a big test market for them to see if, Hey, if we do crazy outlandish watchmaking things, can we beat the Swiss at their own game? And can people take us seriously doing it? So I think part of the Grand Seiko playbook for me is is really one of two things uh, for Watches and Wonders. One, as you pointed out already, they release pieces whenever the hell they want to. It doesn't matter. They're not going to do a burst. They get enough press and notoriety from from doing those little mini releases that I think it warrants continuing that trend. So for me, if you're going to have a major exhibition, you're going to bring your big guns. And I think Probably from Grand Seiko, from Grand Seiko, we're going to see more things like the Constant Force Torbion because to me, that's where you flex the muscle. Now, not everyone is going to be able to get those types of watches, so I think in this particular year format, uh, I would really like to see Grand Seiko do one more thing, and that's launch an entirely new collection, a new family. I think. You know, we have the the 9F series that's been gaining a lot of traction. It's a new case design, those types of things. But I think the biggest uh, uh, disparity that Grand Seiko has in comparison to a lot of other mainstream brands in its price category is there's really just not a dedicated sports watch line for Grand Seiko. Yeah. And I think that doing an exhibition like Watches and Wonders where all the attention is going to be on you, that is the moment to capitalize and just bring in new fire, new blood, new invigoration to the collection that people are not expecting. And I think an entirely new line, a departure from everything else, the heritage, the classic, the 9F, whatever it might be that you've already have existing, bring something that's cool and 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 unique. And, and maybe you do a couple references. Maybe you do a diver in 40 millimeter. My God, I can't imagine that Grand Seiko, with all its technological prowess, cannot make a diver smaller than 45 millimeters. Like I just don't understand yeah, it. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. How can you comp- how can you say that you're going to compete against brands like Omega and Breitling and Rolex and all these other high end brands when you can't make a dive watch or tool watch that's in that price or in that size range, especially given all of the other subsidiaries of your company can do it? it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I think something like a sports line, you know, maybe a GMT, something in that sports dress category. Um, but I think that that's that's really what Grand Seiko is missing, and I would love to see them do something like that at, at this year's Watches and Wonders. Yeah, and so I was sort of thinking along those same lines. In the the Quartz GMTs are sort of known as their their super bargain friendly watch. I think if they yeah. they could just usher that into the next generation of their watches, I think it would be a great move for them because I don't think that's them anymore. I mean, we yeah. we note all the time that prices are just going nuts. Yeah. And if they could just take that and move it into more of the realm of, I don't want to say the Rolex Explorer, the Black Bay Pro, but to 
directly compete with those as opposed to being a bargain option for those. Yeah. I say why not? Yeah. Give me give me the Zeratsu finishing that people know and love and become accustomed to, but put it on some fat, chunky hands with lots of loom and you guys are good at it. Yeah, make a grand Seiko Alpinist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, you joke, but it's like, that's all I want. Give me a ceramic, like, give me a watch that is iconic to the Seiko line, Grand Seiko or not, to the Seiko line, give me a Grand Seiko version of it and give me all the stops. Give me all the, 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 the Luma Bright you can passively pack into a dial and handset. Give me the dial finishing that has become associated with that particular collection. Give me the 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 mirror polishing on the hands and the markers, everything that, that people associate with Grand Seiko. But give me the next generation, which is a daily wearing watch. I'm tired of these little manual wine dress pieces. I'm tired of like, those are great, but you're pigeonholing your market base. You can only reach so many people before they just get complacent with what you have to offer because you don't offer a daily wearing option. And like you said, you know, everything that they've done in the past has been budget friendly. Like I don't want a quartz GMT. Give me a spring drive GMT. Give me a high beat GMT. You are more than capable of it. Some of these already exist. And retrofit those cal- Yeah. Just make it into a case with a screw down crown and a nice bracelet with a comfort release adjustment. And you have a real contender. Yeah, I think that's a home run. I don't if they don't take that and run with it, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just start our own watch company, bro. Just, I'm just done. Just give up. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, one that I have that's a little bit of a mystery because I really don't ever know what to make of it because they're so they do their own thing. I mean, I don't. I know Oris is on the list. I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, they bring interesting stuff. They bring you the pro pilots. They we know it's in their catalog. What I'm thinking, maybe, I don't know. I'm really just grasping at straws here. But they have, I don't know if you've ever seen their their depth gauge Aquas. Long time ago, yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a chunky 500, mil, uh, 500 meter diving Aquas. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a beast of a diver. What I'm thinking is maybe we bring that up to snuff and maybe they get into the challenge game. Maybe they start getting into the thousands of meters, right? I could see they they want to they everybody says they want to play in the the ballpark with the tutors with the omegas. Well, you know you, you're bringing the movements now, right? You got the caliber 400. You have yep. the the movement. It's anti magnetic, ten year service life. I mean, yeah, so it's totally possible. You know, bring the rest of the specs with it now. You know, make some insane challenge diver or something. You know, it doesn't have to go eleven thousand meters or anything, but you know, show people you can box. I mean, you know, and it's actually, I'm really glad you brought this up because I didn't even think about it. And you're absolutely right. They, the, you know, the depth gauge was something that they did on the on the old generation of Aquas. I think they did an update not too long ago, but it's been several years now still. Yeah. Basically, when they changed the Aquas handset is when they, they did the last update for it. But you're totally right. I mean, that was a 500 meter rated dive watch with a mechanical depth gauge based on the pressure. There's a little mm-hmm. hole in the crystal. Allows the water to penetrate in the case. Allows you to indicate your your depth on the dial as you are diving, which is, as a diver, is like amazing technology to do this in a mechanical, I guess in a pneumatic format because it's using right. hydraulic pressure from water to indicate it. Um, but it's amazing. 
to to do something like that. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they have they have the horological tops now with movement technology, with anti-magnetism, with with service life and warranties that they can certainly do something really impressive and create a new generation of of deep sea diving watches for for Oris. Um, I don't think that that's impossible at all. And 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 now that you say it, it sounds so simple. Kind of makes sense, right? It sounds so simple. Because I I think I think you're right. Because what we've been seeing, if you if you think back to the trends, we've been seeing a lot of caliber four hundreds. We've been seeing a lot of Oris pointer dates. We've been seeing a lot of you know just very classic designs. We haven't really seen anything with a lot of oomph. No, we've got a lot some of mother of pearl aquas, right? Yeah, some I mean, diver sixty fives with fun loom and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the last Upcycle. real, the last real big aquas development that we had was the 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 two the two tone. Like that was it with like the green and the blue that came out like briefly. I think it was last summer yeah, or the yep. year before. But again, it's a it's a two tone. Not not everyone's gonna jive with the two tone look. And especially from a brand like Oris, right? Like it's, it may not be everyone's cup of tea. So, you know, Oris has always been known as a, as a diving watch company, especially given their design. It's so unique to them. It doesn't look like anything else in the market. Um, I think that that would be, that'd be so cool. If you're right. Oof. Josh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably like, how did you find out? (laughs) Oh, That'd be, that would be hilarious though. But I, I would love to see them do something like that, especially from a diver standpoint. Like that's that's pretty it's pretty low-key gangster. And that's what that's what pisses me off about IWC is they did that too. They had a mechanical depth gauge. Yes. And it was so absolutely cool. And they just like, yeah, we're done. I'm like, wow. That's the kind of 2000s era watchmaking I do want to come back. Yeah, yeah. Just the absolute absurdity of it all. It's like, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna push the limit. We don't care. How much money is this gonna cost? We don't care. Just do it. Make it happen. All right. While we're in two thousands, another one that I have no clue. Tag, what do you think? <sighs> Man. I think it's been a while since we've seen an Octavia. I mean, since that sort of disaster one. It was so it was so specked way out of proportion. I hated it. I I didn't even give it a second thought. Um, you know, honestly, not to not to throw extra shade, I just they're so all over the place with everything that they've come out with recently. I really don't know where to pinpoint them. That's like at all, saying. there's literally not a consistent trend. And it, it, it it's kind of funny is like it seems so sporadic and crazy. It's almost like they've been listening to our our episodes and like doing <laughs> doing everything that we've said. I mean, hey, you know Mario I mean? Kart, Mario I mean, Kart chronograph. You said it, and then like six months later, it comes out. We're like, "Wait, what is going on here? Like, is this real?" Like, again, I thought we were being punked. Like, who made this in Photoshop? <laughs> it's like, nope, it's the actual watch. Uh, so I, I, they're just so erratic right now. I just don't know. I really have no idea. You know, I would love to see them do something cool, um, but yeah. I. Like we got a solar graph. That's what I'm saying. We've we've been getting divers. We've been getting some random stuff. Monaco, some Carrera. I haven't seen any Octavia. So I'm thinking maybe Octavia. I mean, that would be cool. Last Octavia was, was okay. I mean, they had the the isograph controversy, which got memory hold very quickly, but (laughs) go back and, and look it up boys and girls, the isograph. 
It used to say isograph on the no Octavia. Longer. Okay. It was very quickly pulled from the market because it was a commercial failure for tech. Uh, the technology didn't work out. <laughs> I still have a buddy, though, that has an original yeah, you isograph. Said that. You said that. It's, it's kind of gangster. He only wears it on, on uh, special occasions, but they've been trying to get it back. They've been oh, really no way. It. Yeah, because they don't want it to leak out. It was like you know, disaster. That it existed. Yeah, that it, it existed and was quickly memory hold. Uh, yeah, like it never happened. So I don't know. They came out with their big deep sea ultra tag diver last year, the orange one. Yeah. You know, I, I, are they going to do that again? I, I don't know. They're just so all over the place. I really don't know where to put them. Like regatta, I don't know. <laughs> you would think I would like cool. It's like tags. Like we're we're doing a new skipper. Like that would be a surprise. Like that yeah. would be awesome. Yes, it would. You know, but I I just don't think that they. I, I don't think a twenty eight year old CEO has the enough mental capacity to say, you know what, let's just go off the wall. He's too busy making Mario Kart collabs. Okay. And nothing against Mario Kart, the franchise, because I know it's like a big deal yeah, for a lot of people around the world. But this is only one of those types of things that will be that will be impactful in the moment. Two years from now, people are going to look back at this watch like, why the hell did I buy this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it sold and it went out quick because people were like, oh, the hype culture, they made a Mario watch? Like, let me get that. Boom. Done. And now you're going to sit there sitting on your coffee table like, do I want to be the guy that wears a Mario watch to work? Like, am I that guy? Like, I love Lego. Does that mean I would go out and buy Lego watches? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just maybe a Zen. It's got Lego hands, right? Yeah. It's as far as it goes. It's as far as it goes, <laughs> though, <far> right? <laughs> so it's like, I, I I, just don't know. I mean, what do you think? You, do you think they're going to do anything cool? I don't know. Like, I, think, I think I think they're very stuck right now in their their connecteds and their their digital situation. It's I think they're leaning a, into it, that. With the Travis, I mean, and maybe you're right. Maybe that maybe the solograph is indication that they're they're regressing. They're going back to like 1980s tag. Yeah. Like, eh, we're just gonna go courts and just whatever. You know, maybe that's the, maybe that's their goal. Maybe that's the the little niche that they're trying to dominate. The court sports watch again? Yeah. I mean, it worked well for them in the 80s when nobody knew about watches. Hey. I don't think it's going to work now. <laughs> but hey, there's a smarter 28-year-old CEO running that company than me. All right. I think on to the grand finale here. Let's get to the old crown. Rolex Ooh. has an interesting predicament this year. They have not one, not two, but three Round number anniversaries. And we'll get nothing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the ultimate troll? Oh, like, super troll. <laughs> they just put the same stuff, different. Yeah. They're like, hey guys, remember that sprite? It now comes in right hand drive. They're all 21 millimeter lugs. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if they came out with a sprite like they did with the, the Jubilee and the oyster brace? And uh, they're like, now it's available on both. <laughs> what if this year the big novelties now you can get the sprite right hand drive? Jesus. Oh God, it pains me. But it, you know what? It's so ridiculous that you could actually see it happening now. Sure. It's just it's that's that's stupid. So the Daytona turns 60, the Explorer and the the sub both turn 70. Yes. Now people are surmising that these anniversaries 
will coincide with the material anniversaries that people use for for weddings and such. Yeah. So yeah. 60 being diamond, 70 being platinum. And we've seen Rolex do platinum with ice styles mm-hmm, previously. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. that's what I've seen a lot of rendering of, which means that we will probably almost certainly not get that. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, I, I did I I I will say this on, on social media today when I was when I was looking on our page. Somebody did do a really nice rendering of a platinum glacier blue dial submariner with a brown serochrome bezel. And I have to say that is a color combination that I've never thought would look good on a sub. Obviously, it looks good on Daytona. It looks good on, you know, day date, you know, presidents. Um, It looks great on those pieces. I never thought I'd see it on a sub. And you know what? It's pretty amazing. I don't think we'll get that. I don't think we'll be that lucky because Rolex is just not that imaginative. Um, they're going to give us whatever they decide to give us. But it would be really cool if that was exactly what it was because it's a really pretty watch. There's no question about it. And it is the ultimate flex. Yeah. And now here's a, a thought because they've been taking these opportunities and sort of cracking them up a little bit to make them just a little more unattainable, like how they made the, they gave you a, a blue bezel on your sub, but you got to get it in white gold, right? Right, right, right. So I'm thinking maybe they go back to something along the lines of like the Surdy dial. Are you familiar with those? They're um... gem set. They have, the ones I'm thinking of are, it's a, like the two-tone bluesy and it has, I think sapphire. Oh and yeah, yeah, 12, yeah, yeah. Nine and six, and then it has diamond you know, markers elsewhere. Yeah, you know that that would actually be pretty cool. It's something they've that, already done. They're known for right. If they're bringing back Stella dials, why not? You know you what know, I mean. It, I'm looking at it right now. That silver thirty dial with the with the, you know the the was it sapphires? Yeah. At the triangle. And, you know, I don't know if you use it in a platinum watch or what, but. I mean, why not? (laughs) I mean, why not? Right. Like that that to me would be very cool because it would be. And see, see, to me, that is the non-logical thing to do. And that's that to me would be like, that's what Rolex would do. Yeah, that's why I'm wringing the hands on that one. You know, you know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, we, we can do a Cerachrome glacier blue dial, you know, brown bezel, you know, Submariner. Like that's Just like the Daytona, right? Exactly. Like people expect that. They that would be the logical yeah. thing. You know, there's a there's a linear form of thinking here. And Rolex is very much the nonlinear form of thinking. It's like whatever the pedestrian people come up with in their brain, we need to do the complete opposite. It would be really gangster. I'm not going to lie. If they did a platinum sub modern day 30 dial, I yeah, think people I think so. would lose their minds. I would lose my mind because that would be a, a very inspired watch. It would be just enough of Rolex tradition and history to be um, relatable, but just enough of a flex to, to truly honor the anniversary in a right way. I think so. And I think that that would be very cool. I, That's a, Bro, that's a very good idea. I'm not going to lie. I think so. I you think. heard it here on Monday. You heard it here first. <laughs> Mark your calendars, not. ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a wild ride, and we're all going to get let down when this awesome idea does not come to fruition. 
because it's too good. It's yeah, too I'm just good trying to get idea. in the ballpark. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Hit, I'm not trying to knock it out. I'm just trying to dump in a single here. Hey, but you know what? That's a that's a pretty awesome single. Yeah, it's a very it's a very inspired choice. Now my my question is, you know, because I could see a a diamond Daytona, obviously, but the Explorer is such a no frills watch. Like, are you just gonna make it? platinum case and call it a day i don't think so i don't think you I can even get that i it just doesn't make sense to me i don't i don't think that they'll ever do that one in a specialty format like that because why there's no there's no history to support it that watch has really only ever existed in in one version black and white there was a couple white and black versions but these were those are basically rarer than hen's teeth and like it's a cool anniversary for that watch but do they do full gold i, I mean, don't know like because <laughs> it this way let's just put it this way if you do a precious metal explorer not a two-tone two-tone it was already a stretch and people push back on that watch a lot because it was already like why it's a yeah. it's a tool it's a tool watch you do it in gold or platinum full case People are gonna be like, why not just buy a date just? Why not just buy a pre- you know a, a a day date? You know, like it that that though doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah, at that point it's just really a collector's rendition. Yeah, it would it would just pure and, and the and the only way I could see them doing it is if they did do it and they do it do it for a year and then it's done. And they kill it. Cause that's the other thing too, when it comes to, to when it comes to a new launch year for Rolex, is like, you know, we we see very quickly what's gone. <laughs> forever because it's just it's just quietly removed from the website yeah i mean i guess could you make a steal with just like an ice dial i guess and then it would just be complete unobtainium yeah because then again you're kind of leaning into that you know platinum motif or you're leaning into the 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 kind of the tiffany right and it would be steel so your price point would be reasonable yeah so everybody would be after it yeah it'd still be forty thousand dollars though I mean, secondary would be God knows what, but yeah. I mean, that's my that's my point. Yeah, of right? course they're not going to charge forty grand because it's going to be it's going to be anywhere between sixty five to seven thousand retail. Yep, and it'll be four times that cost at at, at at the uh, at secondary market. So, yep, and then Daytona. I mean, I really don't know where to land on this one. Somebody said this one, you know, because again, it's a diamond anniversary year by the traditional essence but they've already done that so many times but someone did point out uh, a, a good thing there is a straggler in the daytona collection right now okay it's the two tones yeah. they don't have serochrome bezels okay so somebody said you know what maybe they don't do a full bash out of a new daytona i mean maybe they just go full send and we get a brand new daytona with a date like <laughs> I, that would break the internet <laughs> i mean you know what I mean? Like that would literally break the internet. But uh, somebody said, you know, if Rolex does follow its pattern, you know, we got the we got the steel with Sarah Chrome bezel, you know, 2015, 2016, you know, a few years later, I think it was, you know, 2019, 2020, they came out with the the full gold versions with with Sarah Chrome yeah. bezels. The only holdouts right now are the two tones. They don't have it yet. So somebody did a rendering of what it would look like two tone with with the ceramic bezel. And I think that that's actually a logical thing that could happen. I think it's time 
because that's a technology they've been using on so many other pieces and it, it just makes sense to do it on that one as well. Um, but again, that's a very linear path of thinking. So uh, we'll see. But I think of all the things that could potentially be, that would, to me, seem most logical. Yeah, and I saw a mock-up. It was an ice dial with a rainbow set bezel. Don't think that's coming. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting if they if they were to maybe put that green dial to use in another Daytona, and maybe just, oh, like the the John Mayer green. Yeah, but instead of a because it only comes in gold, right? Yeah, it's only yellow gold. So uh, yellow gold and and white gold, right? I believe that's what I mean. They're, they're, it's only in the the precious, so maybe you drop it in a I don't know a steel and just diamond it up. I don't know. But at least it would be another another usage of, of the green that's in such high demand already. So yeah. That's a Hail Mary though. That's just a you know, I've already given up on the <laughs> uh ceramic bezel explorer two that's never coming out. So you know I, I gotta come up with a different Hail Mary here. <laughs> <laughs> the ceramic bezel explorer two my God, what are you 2010? So uh yeah I don't know but I, I I think that has to be it for them. I don't really know where else they would go. You know, we got the Air King last year. We've been getting little dribs and drabs of things like Yacht Masters. I mean, we we got Titanium this year that just passed yeah. later on. I don't know. Or if like maybe they, I don't know if they decide maybe we're a Titanium gang now, but we'll see. I mean, what if they just blow us all out of the water and create a Titanium sub? Yep. Yeah, that would do it. I mean... You wouldn't even have to go precious. It, would, it that watch would be sixty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? Like it's just it's anybody's guess at this Look, point. The world is their oyster, both literally and figuratively. So <laughs> you know they can do whatever God. they want. I mean, they really can. I mean, and we're all just going to count out to them anyway. So, well, I should say, people will. I will not. I will be laughing from your fanaticism on my keyboard because you guys are all insane following the crowd. But hey, whatever the king tells you, that's what the servants shall do, right? But you know what? It's going to make for some fun drama and uh, some fun predictions. And we're going to see. We're going to see if we land anywhere near our target there. So, one last thing though. Oh yeah, go ahead. What if they just do something absolutely insane? Like release a new line, insane. I, what if they do a com- like a grand complication? Oh, okay. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not saying in Daytona or anything specifically, but I've been hearing some, 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 some whispers in my channels, and there's been there's been a little bit of dribble drabble that Rolex might be working on or have already created a grand complication timepiece. I don't know what it could be. I don't know if it's true. But if it is, that would certainly do some crazy things to the watch world. What do you think about that? I mean, I think some people would say it's overdue. I would agree. I certainly would. I think people would say that you know, Rolex has just been somewhat arrogant to say we don't have to do that. We're Rolex. I don't. I don't need to make grand. I don't need to show my chops like that. Yeah. I'm the number one seller. What do I care? 
Mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. I mean, when you have people like Grand Seiko chopping it up with the <laughs> chopping it up with the P- Pateks of the world, you know, at yeah. some point people are like, "Dude, you gonna you gonna do something?" So yeah, it's, maybe, like, it's, maybe like, it's like that. It's like that meme of that like kid with a little stick poking the stick. Like, yeah, he's do like, something. "You gonna you gonna do something?" So I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could see it. I just think it's time. I mean, you know, between you and I it, it, and and all of our listeners here, I just think it's time. I think, like you said, um, you know, me personally, I'm one of those people. It's like, okay, cool. Like, we have another gold Daytona. Like, it's still the same old movement from, you know, 20 years ago. Like, what what are we doing? You know, is it is it going to get improved? Like, nobody knows. What are what are y'all doing with this one? Like, it. I just think it's it's time for Rolex to really say if they are the true king, then they need to step up and bring something of fire that's just me all right i mean i guess that's a spicy one i would love to see it i would love to see it and you guys know my favorite brands already has some grand complications and and it's and it's repertoire now i that to me would only just solidify the fact that rolex is 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 scared about somebody else taking their crown well, we will see about that, my friend. I can't wait. All right. I think we can put a bow on this one. I I don't oh, hold on. There, all right, here's an exam great example of, of how the, the disease spreads. My wife texts me from upstairs. One of the guys on the show got a moon face watch. I don't know if she means a moon watch or a moon phase watch, but I'm gonna get clarification on this when I go upstairs now. But uh <laughs> I thought that was a fun way to bring this one out. Uh so predictions are on the table. We're gonna find out. I think we got some good ones. I think we got some some interesting. I we got a good mix of down the middle and off the beaten path and Hail Mary. So we're gonna see if those come true. We hit anything. And uh either way, I think it's gonna be a fun week. I know it's a great week for me. Gonna be a lot of meme fodder. Get looking out for that. It's gonna be great. Um, other than that, uh truck it along we'll be at episode 75 before you know it yeah so uh keep it here on rich radio smitty be good bro take care guys